the crucifixion. Our text this Good Friday morning is in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, an extended passage, John 19, verses 17 to 37. Please turn your Bibles to this passage or follow with me as the verses are projected on the screen. The Gospel of John at chapter 19, beginning to read of verse 17 and reading through to verse 37. Hear the word of God. They took Jesus, therefore, and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him were two other men, one on either side and Jesus in between. And Pilate wrote an inscription also and put it on the cross, and it was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Therefore, this inscription many of the Jews read, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. And so the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. The soldiers, therefore, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, a part to every soldier, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. They said, therefore, to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Decide whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled. They divided my outer garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. But there were there standing by the cross of Jesus his mother, And his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The Jews therefore, because it was the day of preparation, so that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other man who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately there came out blood And water. And he who is seen is born witness, and his witness is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you also may believe. For these things came to pass that the scripture might be fulfilled, not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, They shall look on him whom they pierced. We're going to see several persons who are at the cross when Jesus died. 
The first is Pilate. Pilate feared too much to act on his beliefs. Pilate feared too much to act on his beliefs. If you flip back to John chapter 18 and beginning at verse 29 and reading into chapter 19, this is what we understand about Pilate. John 18, verse 29 and following, Pilate therefore went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered and said to him, if this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Pilate therefore said to them, take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, we are not permitted to put anyone to death that the word of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what kind of death he was about to die. Pilate therefore entered into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you up to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting that I might not be delivered to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Pilate therefore said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you wish then that I release for you the king of the Jews? Therefore they cried out again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. And they began to come up to him and to say, Hail, King of the Jews! And to give him blows in the face. And Pilate came out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus therefore came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When therefore the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no fault, guilt in him. The Jews answered him, we have the law, and by that law we ought, he ought to die because he made himself out to be the son of God. When Pilate therefore heard this statement, he was the more afraid. And he entered into the praetorian again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, you do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. 
For this reason, he who delivered me up to you has the greater sin. As a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him, but the Jews cried out saying, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, behold, your king. They therefore cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. So he then delivered him to them to be crucified. Pilate feared too much to act on his beliefs. He said, I find no guilt in him, 1838. I find no guilt in him, 194. I find no guilt in him, 19 verse 6. Pilate was full of fear, 19 verse 8 says, when Pilate therefore heard this statement, he was the more afraid. Pilate feared too much to act on his beliefs. And what did Pilate fear? Being convicted of the crime of treason by Rome. 1912, as a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him, but the Jews cried out saying, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. That got Pilate's attention. 1919, and Pilate wrote an inscription also and put it on the cross, and it was written, Jesus, the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. Jesus the Nazarene king of the Jews was not a capital crime. Every convicted criminal that was executed under the Roman regime had the capital crimes for which they had been tried and found guilty posted over their head on the cross. All Pilate could muster, the king of the Jews, which was no capital crime in Rome. Pilate feared too much to act on his beliefs. What did Pilate fear? He feared the repercussions, the outcomes, the consequences if he was found guilty of treason against Rome. That would be being removed from his office that paid him handsomely. That would be losing all of his property to confiscation. That would be being tortured, and that would be being executed. He feared all that. Oh, yes, Pilate feared too much to act on his beliefs, but there were other parties to consider. The soldiers, they knew too much to be moved by Jesus Christ's suffering on the cross. The soldiers knew too much to be moved by Jesus' suffering on the cross. As we look again now to chapter 19, listen to the soldiers, 23 to 25. 
The soldiers, therefore, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, a part to every soldier, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. And they said, therefore, to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to decide whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled. They divided my outer garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Verse 25, therefore the soldiers did these things, but there were standing by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Skipping down to verse 32, still with the soldiers. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other man who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately there came out blood and water. Oh, these soldiers knew too much to be moved by Christ's suffering. They had executed hundreds, thousands of criminals, these soldiers had. It was light duty as a Roman soldier. It was preferred duty. You could drink. We see that in verse 29 of chapter 19. They were drinking. It was a personal gain duty for a soldier to be at a cross of a crucified victim in the Roman Empire because you got to keep his stuff. It was light duty. They could gamble, which they did in verse 24. It was social duty. There was always four soldiers to every cross. They could chat, shoot the breeze, talk about things. Oh, it was a nice duty if you were a soldier in the Roman army to attend to a crucifixion. They knew too much to be moved by Jesus Christ's suffering. The first soldier got his, Jesus' headgear, his sudar, it was white. The second soldier got his sandals. The third, his girdle. And then there was something left over, a seamless tunic. But before I get to the seamless tunic, the fourth soldier got the talith, the Lord Jesus talith, a square outer garment, blue and white, with fringes around all sides, the talith. The fourth soldier won the lot of getting the talith. But then there was left over his tunic. And they did not want to rip it into four pieces. His tunic was a seamless tunic. It was full length. It was shirt-like. It was an undergarment. It had long sleeves, long sleeves uh, to, the, to the wrists and would go down the hem to the ankles. It was gray with red stripes. That was the common seamless tunic of Jesus' day. These soldiers, they knew too much to be moved by Jesus' suffering on the cross. And it says that in verse 29, after Christ said to them, I am thirsty, it says in chapter 19, verse 29, a jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put up a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop. Does that ring a bell? A branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Does that ring a bell from Psalm 51, David's? Psalm of confession after his sin with Bathsheba. In Psalm 51, David praying to God, a prayer of confession of sin, said in verse 7, Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Hyssop was a plant common in Israel. Grew three to four feet high. Had a dried whisk, kind of a flower head to it. 
in the sacrificial system of Israel, the priest would dip a hyssop plant into animal's blood and would minister the blood in the liturgy that God had prescribed on Mount Sinai. The fact that soldiers at Jesus' cross would take a hyssop branch and soak it in sour wine and raise it to him tells us that Jesus' cross was not all that high off the ground. Hyssop branches are three to four feet at at max. They extended their arm with the hyssop plant with the sour wine on the end and gave the Lord Jesus sour wine to drink. When you consider what happened in Mark 15 and verse 39, another gospel account of the crucifixion, Mark 15, 39, and when the centurion who was standing right in front of him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Similar account in Matthew 27, verse 54. Now the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening became very frightened and said, truly this was the son of God. But these soldiers started out knowing too much to be at all moved by Jesus Christ suffering on the cross. And then there were the Jews. There was Pilate, he feared too much. There were the soldiers, they knew too much. There were the Jews, they hated too much to see that they were wrong. The Jews hated too much to see that they were wrong. Going back to John chapter 19 and looking at verse 20 and following. Therefore, this inscription Many of the Jews read, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. And so the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Let's get me down to verse 31. And the Jews, therefore, because it was the day of preparation, so that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. The Jews hated too much to see that they were wrong about Jesus. And they wanted Jesus taken away, verse 31. They asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. They just wanted Jesus taken away. They hated Christ. They just wanted him taken away, out of my consciousness, out of my hearing, out of my sight. Just take him away. You know, Christ haters down to 2016 are the same, whether they're Jewish or Gentile. Just take him away. I'm fine that a school system or a country or a parliament completely leaves Jesus Christ out of everything. Just take him away. As an aside, the Jews knew everything that I'm about to share with you, everything that this meant crucifixion to be when they screamed for Jesus Christ to be crucified. They knew all of these facts. Number one, 
that four soldiers were assigned to each cross under the leadership of one centurion, that the victim was stripped naked only to a loincloth and then nailed by the hands to a beam. The down beam was anchored into the hole first. The victim was laid down, arms extended, tied tightly by cords to the crossbeam. Spikes were driven through the palms or the wrists. The crossbeam and the victims were hoisted up. The crossbeam then was nailed in place to the down beam. And the final step, the victim's feet were overlapped and spiked to the down beam, a single long spike. And so when these hateful Jews said, crucify him, they knew exactly what was entailed. Take him away. Out of sight, out of mind, out of hearing. Take him away. The Jews hated too much to see that they were wrong. But then there was the precious, strong, loving Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus loved too much to think of himself. Jesus loved too much to think of himself Verses 25 to 30. Therefore, the soldiers did these things, but there were standing by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own household After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine upon the branch of a hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. And when Jesus, therefore, received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus loved too much to think of himself. And Jesus' love on the cross was far-reaching. He had love for his mother, verses 26 to 27. He had love for the repentant thief, Luke 23, 39 to 43. He had love for his killers, Luke 23, verse 34. He had love for all sinners of all eras, of all centuries before and after his cross. He had love for all sinners, Luke 22, verse 42. Jesus Christ had love for his father, Matthew tells us he could have called 10,000 angels. And yet he prayed in Gethsemane, not my will, but thine be done, Father. Jesus loved too much to think of himself. And in verse 30, the text says that he breathed his last and gave up his spirit. Matthew says, dismissed his spirit. Mark says, breathed forth his spirit. Luke said, committed his spirit. He was in full control. Your Savior was in full control on the cross to the point of dismissing his spirit from his body in the act of physical death. Drug-free, alcohol-free, Christ was in full control. The Lord the Lord of death, the Lord of his own death, the Lord of all, the Lord of the church. It is finished. Perhaps you have 
understood previously. It's a commercial term. It's a business term. It is finished, literally meant paid in full. Paid in full on a debt that had been outstanding. Sin payment for all sins, for all people of all time. Jesus said, it is finished. And all this was done as a compelling proof of his deity. In Mark 15 and verse 39, we read, And when the centurion who was standing right in front of him saw the way he breathed his last, the way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Jesus loved too much to think of himself. And it was Jesus' love that led to Jesus' sin payment for you, for me, for the world of rebels. It was Jesus' love that led to Jesus' sin payment, which leads to Jesus' invitation that we'll be extending to all those in the sound of my voice a little later in this service. We have seen so far Pilate. He feared too much to act on his own beliefs. We've seen the soldiers who knew too much to be moved by Christ's suffering. We have seen the Jews who hated too much to see that they were wrong. We've seen the Lord Jesus who loved too much to think of himself. And what, then we see you, all of you. Do you fear too much? Or do you know too much? Or do you hate too much? What about you? Would your response to the offered sin forgiveness that Christ makes, has that been to date a delayed response or even a doubted response? This report by John, an eyewitness to the cross, was entirely genuine and totally full of integrity. John and those around him who witnessed the crucifixion of Christ reported it accurately, and they were willing to die for the event they reported accurately to have taken place in the Gospels. What about you? John 19, 35 to 37. John says, under inspiration, And he who has seen has borne witness, and his witness is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you also may believe. So that you also may believe. That's the point. So that you also may believe. For these things came to pass that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they've pierced. So what about you? Is this your umpteenth Good Friday service of your life? Is it just a Bahamian ritual? How to kick off a long weekend? What about you? Has your response to the tremendous love and cross work of Jesus Christ to date been a delayed response? I'll do that when I'm old. I'll trust Christ for salvation when I have, it's more convenient. 
when I'm out of school and there's less peer pressure, when my spouse dies and I have no one else to lean on? What has your response been to Jesus Christ, to the genuine, the accurate eyewitness reports of this cross? What is your response? I hope as believers our response is not one of delay or doubt, but instead I hope our response this Good Friday morning is that we now know too much to ever minimize the cross. That we know too much to ever minimize the cross. In Galatians 6, the great Apostle Paul, schooled as a rabbi, a Pharisee, in the prestigious school of Gamaliel, a Hebrew of Hebrews, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee, an expert in the law. This is what he wrote after conversion to Jesus Christ in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. But may it never be that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Oh, believer here this morning, I trust that we know too much to ever minimize the cross in our worldview. The cross where Jesus died is the cross where you died if you're a believer in him. The cross where Jesus died solved your sin problem justified you when you believed on Christ and said, is a done deal. But the very same cross where Jesus died, believer, is the cross where you died with him. You died on the same cross in the mind of God with Christ. Jesus died for you to solve your sin problem, believer. You died with Jesus to solve your self problem, believer. The fact that you died with Christ on the same cross in the mind of heaven, the only mind that really counts, solves a sanctification problem. The fact that Jesus died on the cross instead of you in your place solves a justification problem. But it's the same cross. Jesus' cross. Your cross. And so... We sit with heaven screaming out for our responses to the cross this morning. Will you trust Christ alone for salvation if you've been delaying that, if you've been doubting it's needful? Will you come to Christ in simple childlike faith this morning? I trust that you will. I'll help you to do that later. Or if you know I'm saved by the grace of God, I've transferred my trust to the finished work of Christ. Jesus died for me on the cross. I'll never minimize that. I died with Christ on the same cross. I'll never minimize that. Wonderful. Go from this service dominated by Jesus Christ, his cross, finished work, and empty tomb. It was Jim Elliott, the martyr missionary, who said to God in a prayer, make me a crisis man that all who encounter me must choose or reject Christ. That's how I want to live. I want to live in a way that I never 
marginalize, minimize the cross of Jesus Christ, trivialize the cross of Jesus Christ. With Jim Elliott, I want to make it my prayer, and I hope you'll make it your prayer. Make me a crisis person that all who encounter me must choose or reject Christ. It was D.L. Moody, the great evangelist of another century, who said this, before my conversion, I worked toward the cross. After my conversion, I worked from the cross. There's a big difference. Before Moody was saved, he said he worked for God to try to earn forgiveness. He tried to work his way with good deeds to the cross. When Moody understood that it was done, Jesus said it was finished. The payment for Moody's sins was complete. Moody could not add anything to what Jesus did to pay for Moody's sins, and he was born again, regenerated, converted. Moody said, after that, I have worked from the cross. Is that how you're working? From the cross that your redeemed life is a thank you note to heaven for the finished work of Christ on the cross for you. Pilate feared too much to act in his beliefs. The soldiers knew too much to be moved by Jesus' sufferings. The Jews hated too much to see that they were wrong about Jesus. Jesus loved too much to think of himself. You and I are called to move from doubting too much or delaying too much to maximizing Jesus and his cross work in our lives. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank and praise you for these gospel accounts that are true, written by men who saw it happen, written by men who died because they staked their lives and reputations on what Jesus did on the cross for a world of lost sinners. Lord, I pray if there be anyone here this morning who has religion without a relationship with Jesus Christ, that they would be convicted of their sin and of their desperate need of Jesus Christ as Savior. They would transfer their trust to the finished work of Christ before getting out of this worship experience. Lord, for those of us who have bowed the knee to Jesus Christ, we've said we're rebels who can't save ourselves, rebels who deserve hell. For those of us who have run to the refuge of this precious cross upon which the Prince of Glory died, for those of us who've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, may it not be business as usual. May the cross be our clarion, clear call to discipleship, to living under the lordship of the precious Lord Jesus, and to making our lives count for eternity, for not loving this world because we are not of this world, but loving a Savior who's delivered us from this world to take us to the world that never ends. Accept our worship as we sing. Accept our worship as we come to the table. Purify and clarify our thinking. 
For we do ask this in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen.